growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard well, good morning, everybody. This is Behind the Beards, where we pull the curtain back, take a look behind the scenes, and reveal the things you need to know about the people who are called to lead your churches and your ministries. Uh, I'm Aaron Partlow. I'm the youth minister in Longview, Texas. Uh, and my best buddy, the black screen up here in the top, uh, the only man who I know looks good in a bedazzled shirt, uh, Josh Fowler. He is the preaching minister in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He is currently in Mexico right now doing a service project, help building a church there for a church plant uh, that they were a part of. And so he might be popping in and popping out. Um, I don't know. I don't know where what's going to happen there. But um, my also extremely good friend uh, and our guest today is Jody Gardner, and he is the preaching minister uh, also in Longview, Texas. We now work together, and he has... Uh, gracefully uh, joined us today to talk about what we're going to talk about today. So how's it going, Jody? It's going good. I'm glad to be a part of the Behind the Beards show. I liked your intro video. Thank uh, you. Yeah. And we're, I'm glad, glad to be here. Look forward to talking and hello to anybody that's watching now and may listen three years from now. If they three years from podcast. now. You never know. That is, that's true. Like you never know, like, in twenty years, what if we're famous or something? Probably it could be. Or on my podcast app, I can research anything I want to, and I can get back and find stuff from years ago. That's true. So that's why we I'm could. saying hello to anybody that that may listen on down the road. So, uh, did you buy? Did you buy your artwork in the back uh, specifically for the show today? I, I didn't. My wife bought it uh, and surprised me. But I like his beard. I like her smile. I don't know how well I, my head may be blocking part of that, but you do block the smile. But we, we get to see the the beard, which is good for video in my house. This is like the only place I can go, so I'm stuck right here in this well, little spot. It's a good place. It's amazing what a uh, what a green screen can do for you because your house can be a disaster and a mess, but <laughs> you put the green screen up and nobody nobody ever knows. So yeah. um, well, they know you're not really in that spot. That's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm really not. I'm not out here in the yeah. crazy wildness. I actually have a uh, different green screen almost like every episode. It's just kind of, I don't know. It's just kind of fun. You like mixing it up? Mixing it up. Mixing it up. Well, today we are. Uh, we're going to talk about something kind of special. Um, and I'm also running production today, so I apologize to everyone who's used to Josh's seamlessly amazing uh job that he does but we're gonna talk about where are you going for the holidays we know we've talked about this before on the show uh and i think it was just josh and i uh talking about this but um we just kind of want to dive into this kind of over and over especially when we have a holiday like easter we just had easter sunday um and it's prominent in our minds and we're thinking about it and like i said at the opening of the show we just kind of want to reveal some things and and talk to you, uh, our audience, and, and everybody about what what it kind of looks like behind the scenes of the show. Uh, and so we want to uh, kind of talk about that today. Oh, it looks like maybe we got Josh back here. Josh, how you doing? Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can. 
Just a little bit of a delay, but that's okay. <laughs> maybe it'll maybe it'll catch up as we go along. <laughs> maybe it will. No, it sounds like you're pretty on topic now. Josh, why don't you tell us? Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you're doing today, or what you're, what you're doing down in Mexico? Yeah, yeah absolutely. We are in uh, Matamoros, Mexico, which is right across the border from Brownsville, Texas. Um, our, uh, our Spanish ministry started a, a little church here about a year ago with some uh, friends and family that were here in this area but didn't have a church home. And, uh, you know, we bought a little house for them to meet in. And what we found was we planted a church in an area that was really ready for something like this because they went from about 7 to 35 to 40 in the span of just a few months. Um, wow. Wow. And they've outgrown, outgrown everything they have. So we're here uh, trying to help them expand their uh, uh, footprint just a little bit to give them the space to invite folks from the community in uh, to meet them and uh, spend some time with them and kind of get to know them as well. So um, the uh, good people, man, good people. He's gone. There he goes. I think he hit a button. Or something. Wow, that is powerful. That's really cool to know. He will be popping back in. Uh, um, so, like, there he is right there. Is he back? Yes. Welcome back. No, there's on uh, on mobile, there's a little arrow up here, and it's right where my thumb rests. So, I got to keep my thumb out of the way. Um, no, anyway, we're, uh, we're just excited to be here and uh, kind of be face to face with him. My kids are on spring break this week um, in Louisiana. We have kind of a late spring break. So um, we're uh, just spending a few days getting to know them, seeing the work they're doing, meeting the people here in the community. And, uh, and it's really good, man. It's, it's so exciting to see uh, the way the Lord works through people who are faithful enough to just step out and uh, go to work. And that's what it's all about, doing work. Well, speaking of interesting ways the Lord works, you know, we just had a holiday Sunday. We just had Easter Sunday. And I don't know about you guys, but like Easter Sundays for churches is usually a time where we like, uh, in my experience, the churches that I've worked at, there's been a denser population uh, of people. So usually uh, sometimes you have visitors. You have some people who maybe haven't been to church for like a year or haven't been to church since Christmas. So maybe they're coming for that Sunday. And, um, you know, not, we're not here to talk about, you know, those kind of decisions and, and that kind of stuff. But we're talking about is that idea of, uh, using that opportunity, um, in a, in an excellent way, uh, to be able to reach, uh, those people, maybe reignite that flame, kind of like what Josh said, um, to get people excited and, um, you know, and to expand God's kingdom. So, uh, let me ask you guys, what do you, what do you guys think? Let's talk about this a little bit. What what makes a successful holiday Sunday for you guys? Like, uh, I know there's a lot of them out there, like Christmas and Easter uh, and some other Sundays that are around the holiday and stuff. But what, what really makes, in your opinion, okay, this is a very opinionated question because it could go anywhere for anybody, right? Uh, what makes a successful holiday Sunday? What makes you go home after church on that Sunday and go, man, this, this was a good Easter Sunday. Hmm. And if, I, if I'm preaching, I'd, I rarely go home and have that feeling. <laughs> but I would also throw Mother's Day into that. That's just, true. Yeah. 
you know, from the research I've done at Pine Tree and, you know, Tom Rayner and other research groups, Christmas, Easter, Mother's Day are going to be kind of the top three generally for most churches. And I think it's true for our church at Pine Tree. We actually can throw in like the second or third week in August the, when everybody's back to school. Oh, wow. The attendance on that day over the last five, six years competes with Easter. That's not a holiday, but. It is for Pine Tree, apparently. Yeah, when I prepare my sermons, I kind of, I don't treat it like it's Easter, but I, I'm, I'm anticipating bigger crowds, more people, opportunity to yeah. kind of hook them again and, and get them back connected. For whatever reason, school's starting, so they're like, well, we'll go back to church this Sunday. Uh, but that doesn't answer your question. So what makes it feel successful? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, there was a there was a time, and I, I say early on in my career as a minister, as if it's like some long drawn out career that I've had. But uh, you know, the first the first several years, it was for me about numbers and visitors, mm. um, and that was always really discouraging because. Um, I've been in places where apparently everyone travels away from, but not very many people travel to. So some people say, yeah. oh, we got a whole bunch of people. We have a holiday weekend. Our numbers are higher. Uh -huh. um, but uh, I have never been in a place where our numbers have really swollen from that. And so it can be really kind of discouraging. Um, and so for me, over the last probably three or four years, it's really just been all about an atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm going to say this in a way that's going to sound really self-aggrandizing. Uh, it's really not intended to be. Um, but I created a space where um, through the worship that we've put on in this, in this moment, where our people have felt um, compelled to be, whether it's, you know, more open, more friendly, maybe instead of, you know, locking the doors on a holiday Sunday, 15 minutes after service is over because everybody hit their cars and ran to lunch. You know, right. It's an hour and 15 minutes after service, and I'm still there waiting for the last people to leave. Um, and so you can you can feel a little bit of a change in the atmosphere. And I'm going to say particularly around Easter, because, you know, a lot of people have new clothes. You know, the kids yeah, are true. excited. Yeah, because, you know, the Easter bunnies come and they've had to, got to eat some candy and for breakfast and hunt Easter eggs. Um, and everyone has just a different kind of a spirit. It doesn't have the same kind of a, kind of a catch-22 sometimes, even like Mother's Day does. Mother's Day is not good for everyone. You know, there are some yeah. women yeah. Who, who want to be mothers but can't be, or who've lost children, um, or who didn't have a good relationship with their mother. And so you kind of feel like you're navigating, not a minefield, but with some really, really tentative and, and raw feelings for people. Yeah. Um, Easter is one of those times where, I mean, joy can come so naturally, um, even even with all those other things around. So, so for me, it's just about that. Is the environment, you know, one of receptiveness, of welcomeness, where people just kind of don't want to leave. Interesting. Uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been looking at of late and, and trying to move my mindset towards this. It's just the environment that we create in those moments. That's a great point. I would say the same for us too. Atmosphere, environment, like you, everybody knows to anticipate it. 
That's an interesting point about how some churches, you may be at a church where people travel away to go see parents. Yeah. We kind of have a mix. Uh, I heard from a lot of people this past Sunday that were traveling to go see their parents. So I kind of came into it expecting, I don't know, maybe we'll have a below average Easter crowd, but we had a pretty good one. We did. Uh, I left Surprised the me. back 10 minutes later and I was like, whoa, where did everybody come from? Biggest crowd we've had in over a year. Um, That's so true. Coming right off of COVID, that was kind of, I mean, we're still in COVID, but I mean, yeah, yeah that was, it was a surprise to see that many physical bodies. True. Yeah. Uh, at, in a church building. And there's something you can get hyped up about that. It naturally gives you some energy when there's a crowd like that. But also know, like, okay, I'm seeing people that they're just here for the weekend because they're seeing their parents. That's great. Hopefully the message will be something that they can, that will bless them and help them in their own faith journey. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I've kind of paid more attention to the last couple years, but last year was different because we were online only. Uh, I did a preaching training a few years ago, and the guy that worked with me said to use Easter as an opportunity to promote what's coming up. So if anybody does For have sure. to show up, so if they're like, you know what, I'll go to church on Easter. I'll check out this church. If you do a good job of promoting your next sermon series or some things you have coming up as a church, that might be a hook for them to say, I may come back next week. Mm -hmm. uh, so he suggested doing more of a felt needs sermon series following Easter. So if they hear you promote it, they may say, I need, yeah. to do that. I need, and so I've, I didn't do a good job of that this year, but it's something I've, I'm going to work towards as the years go on is really using Easter as a way to, stay connected with any visitors. We like to call them guests. Guests. So I would consider that successful. If you, if you have people that are seekers, whatever you want to call them and they show up and then you can hook them somehow through conversation, through the atmosphere, through something in the service. And then they may say, I'm going to come back next week. And they really do. That's, you know, that's a really good point. I was, we were thinking about that. I was thinking about that Monday, I was thinking, man, we just had a huge crowd of people and we just started like a youth group Instagram and some other stuff like that, some social media where we want that information out. And it, you know, I didn't have it in the bulletin that week. You know, it was like the one week we've been here for three weeks, four weeks, whatever. And uh, that was the one Sunday I didn't have it, you know, in the bottom corner of it. Um, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, man, like think of how many people saw that or read that, you know, luckily I had summer dates in there and some other activities that, like you said, like we have coming up to kind of promote what we're doing. Um, yeah. but you know, yeah, like getting people to be able to connect and, and check in and things like that. I think for me, like a successful holiday Sunday is, uh, for me, it, it's something that, um, likes bring some acknowledgement to the holiday. I mean, I've been in some, I've been a part of some churches. I grew up. Um, now, I don't know if my dad's here today or not to correct me on this, but um, like we used to, I, I don't know. I don't ever remember having a like nativity scene in mm. our house growing up. Um, but all of a sudden now, like when I come home, uh, like that's like the first thing that gets set up now is like the nativity scene. And I'm like, what? Like, what? What is this? Like, that's crazy. Uh, and so I've been a part of churches uh, who, who like, it's Christmas is, like, literally, like, the next day. And, you know, 
they're not doing a birth of Christ kind of sermon, you know, kind of a thing because, well, you know, Jesus wasn't born in, uh, in December, you know? Yeah. And, and so how do we like, and we, we know that, like, we know that, right? Like, no, I, I, I rarely think any person who truly knows God's word goes, Oh, well he was, he, not my idea, son. Okay. So dad, correct me. It wasn't his idea that we didn't have a nativity scene. Um, but, um, uh, you know, like how do we capitalize on, and is it wrong to capitalize on like that holiday feel? Like, is it even though like it's, you know what I'm, you guys, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you mean. Cause same thing for me growing up is, and I, you and I talked about this in the hallway yesterday, but church of Christ, traditionally restoration movement, we've tried to do the opposite of what other denominations may be doing. So if other uh, non-churches of Christ in town were celebrating, making a big deal of Easter or Christmas, we would do the opposite and not say anything about it. Right. Um, so that's, I feel like that, that old school mentality is kind of calming down and it's being embraced more within the churches of Christ. And something I heard uh, Rick actually say one time that I thought was helpful for preachers is if you do have those people that are seeking and it just happened to show up on either Christmas or Easter, or maybe they're doing it to make their mom happy and they haven't been in years. Mm -hmm. uh, they're probably expecting to hear at Christmas something about the incarnation or birth of Christ, Easter, something about resurrection. And if you don't speak into that, they may walk away thinking, well, I didn't even hear what I came to hear. So I guess that's a positive way of looking at it is if you speak into it, and people come looking for it, that again, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, could be a hook to, you know, capture them a little bit. Maybe, maybe that'll get them to come back or maybe it plants a seed that could change them on down the, down the road. Uh, but the, at the same time, uh, they, we are limited with the text that we can preach from. That's true. I mean, Matthew and Luke chapters one and two, John one, and then you can find some other stuff for Christmas, but, uh, and you can get creative with it, but that's about it. And then Easter, it's like the end of all four gospels and you can get creative yeah. with how you want to do it too, but it's amazing how they all end the same. They all, yeah, some <laughs> different details. You can do different themes with it within the theme, but anyways, uh, I think it's important well, to speak into it. Yeah, my Easter sermon this past Sunday was from 2 Corinthians 5. Um, it was about the resurrection of Jesus, but it was about um, how we are changed because of the resurrection. Um, and so, you know, the story of the resurrection definitely played a role in that, but it wasn't necessarily right. the focus because the last several years we have kind of focused on that and... Um, so to kind of bring that in, like you said, find creative ways of, yeah. of telling the story, but but because of the story, you know, then what? Um, I have known uh, at least people who kind of jokingly said, you know, in in our churches, we like to preach the resurrection on Christmas and the birth on Easter, you know, as kind of a way of rebutting, you know, the norm. Rebelling uh, but, almost, I, yeah. Yeah, right. But I think we really have an obligation uh, for me. And I, if if everyone in our circles are going to stop on Christmas and look at a baby in a manger, 
I think we have an obligation to tell them about that baby. Uh, right. Yeah. Whether whether or not it's you know accurate, I don't care where the holiday came from or stemmed from. The fact is, um, whether they know it or not, the world is looking at a nativity scene, and 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 if we are the people who are Christian who are going to say, well, not us, we're not going to do that this time. We're doing something else. You know, what does that say about who we are as Christ followers? So I just see it as just an opportunity to connect and and let and let the people know that we are here with you um we may have a different understanding or a perspective on life or even a different motivation um but we are here and and we know what's going on in the community we know what's going on in your life uh, we're living this life with you and and this is how we are doing our best to live it better uh, not better than you but just better for ourselves right yeah um, that makes us who we are and I think when you are able to really draw a direct line between what is happening today um, to a series of books that were written 2,000 years ago that people seem to believe is so out of touch with reality, when you show how Scripture can affect tomorrow right. your life in a positive way, um, I just think we have an obligation to do that if there's even one person that is there who might not be there on another time. Um, yeah. And and I, and I bear that responsibility uh, with a, with a great deal of um, almost anxiety um, because I understand that, like Jody said, this may be the one time um, that this person gets to to hear the word of God um, yeah. spoken for another three hundred sixty five <laughs> days. So. Um, I, I think it, I think it's really important, and I think it's a beautiful opportunity for us to show what God's work can do and how it can affect um, our lives. I think it's a that that cool idea of, and I um, actually I'm going to totally shift what I was about to say because I was like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Um, I like holidays for me are really uh, interesting times at churches because I feel like you get to do things that you don't normally get to do. Uh, you like know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like I wish every Sunday we could have an Easter egg hunt. Now I'm now I'm focused. I'm thinking of like Christmas, and I'm thinking of like uh, those those cool moments where you get to do like a Christmas Eve a Christmas Eve uh, vigil, you know, where you come together and you you sing songs and you worship God into the new year, uh, even or uh, or on to Christmas Day, or you know, or you do a New Year's party at a church, and it's ten till, and so you got the guy. Walking through and say, "Hey, get to the auditorium," you know, and we get to sing worship songs into the. That's how the guy sounded to me growing up. Um, <laughs> Stop playing ping pong. Let's we're gonna sing some songs, and then we like you know sing some devotional or worship songs um, into the new year, and it's those powerful moments where it um, for me it like so like the holidays here and it's really great, but because I'm part of a church family. Uh, I'm getting to do like these very religious kind of things, these these traditions that we get to do. Um, I, you know, I love praying at um, 11:50 uh, on New Year's Eve to to New Year's, and so you're praying into the new year, entering the new year in the uh, within the throne of God. You know, kind of stuff like that. And so um, holidays kind of open that up for me. I love Mother's Day. And Father's Day, 
um, because we get to take that special time to honor special people in our congregation, uh, you know, mothers and fathers. And I, I agree, Josh, it's, it's not always a happy feeling for everybody else, for, for everybody in the audience. Um, but we still like get to honor people like that. Um, a tradition that uh, central, uh, when I was a part of the central church in Kansas that, that we would do every year was um, uh, we would celebrate marriages, you know, uh, and it was in February around Valentine's Day. Uh, and so we would have, this was the coolest thing ever. We'd have everyone stand up and if they were married, uh, you know, we would start going through the numbers and it was almost like this competition to see who has been married the longest. And then you get to these, these couples who have been married for 60 years. And I'm like, that's forever. Like you were 20 when you got married, you're 80 now and you've been married for 60 years. Like that's incredible. Um, you know, Lauren and I will be married 10 years in August and, uh, and I'm like 60, that's, a whole lifetime, you know, and that's powerful and that's amazing and encouraging to me as a young Christian. And I wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have a holiday yeah. that, uh, that we were using as a focal point. It's good to have those reminders on our calendar throughout the year. I mean, if you think about uh, the old Testament, the Jewish faith and the yearly uh, festivals they had and yeah, where's my year of Jubilee. Yeah. I'm, yeah, you're a jubilee. We need to bring free, that back. Free my debts up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that those yearly markers on the calendar are really helpful reminders. And I look forward to them, too. Uh, I definitely don't resist them. And as a preacher, I've, you know, who grew, I kind of grew up in a tradition where we didn't really talk about yeah. the birth or resurrection on Easter because we're going to we're going to be different. You know, I've as an adult, I've come to embrace that and I like it. And so I'm with you on that. I, I enjoy those times on the calendar that you can look forward to and you get to, it, it feels a little different. The events are a little different. People are kind of excited. Yeah. Kind of gets me in the holiday spirit, to be honest, a little bit. Like I, I love, uh, I love youth group in the Christmas time. Uh, to be honest, I look forward to it. Matter of fact, uh, there's probably no kids from the youth group who will watch this, but we're going to actually have a Christmas in July Christmas party. Oh, cool. uh, uh, in July, so we're excited about that. Ugly sweaters, uh, maybe ugly cutoff oh. shirt sweaters. Well, we'll be inside. There's okay. AC. Okay. Uh, get a Christmas tree and all sorts of stuff. Uh, always wanted to have a Christmas in July party. Um, You're gonna so have a Santa. We're gonna do it. Yeah, I was actually gonna talk to you about that. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't want my kids to know to find out it's me. I can't. <laughs> well. We'll find, we'll find somebody. I can smell my Wait. breath. And my voice. <laughs> my kids can recognize me by my breath. <laughs> Coffee. You know, there's uh, there's some things um, we were talking about kind of before when, like, things you don't think about. We, I laugh. You know, John Christ has, you know, these videos, and one of them is like the Saturday before Easter or the morning of Easter. And it shows like the uh, worship director. And, you know, there's always these funny little things like, no, the pastor can't give the announcements. Did you see what that guy was wearing last time he got up? Um, I really relate guy, to those comments. You don't want that guy being the face of our church in the community. Um, right. You know, and 
<laughs> and that's the that's the stereotype, right? That you're going through there, and like the music has to be on point. Um, you have to have your best worship leader. You have to have your best songs. You want to kind of yeah this perspective, putting your best foot forward. And the reason it's so funny is because there's a hint of it that's true, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes maybe yeah. even more than a hint of it that's true. Um, and that's and that's problematic, especially when you think about why we're there, that it's easy for that to become uh, about me and, and about my preparation and about my desire and about what I want to do um, yeah. in and for the church in this time, as opposed to just, um, like we said before, setting up this, this, this space where people come and worship and then letting the spirit of God work uh, on yeah. people as they are prepared. Um, and so, you know, battling that, that pressure both externally and internally uh, of the expectation of a holiday season. Uh, Because, you know, some people do say, Hey, I have my parents here. They're here for the first time. It's Easter. And at least the implication, whether they intend for it to be or not, the implication that we sometimes feel is you better not get someone out of the park or they're never coming back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There is that pressure, the added pressure. Um, and so, you know, that's just that's just one of the things kind of behind the scenes. Uh, and, and there's a couple more, but you know, I'll let you guys kind of put your uh, put your own thoughts in there uh, with well, those or some of the things that, that people may not understand about what goes on in our minds. Well, yeah. it's, it is interesting. It is so easy. It, it'd be so easy to get lost, to get lost in the holiday and to forget. Um, I always get worried about, you know, uh, you know, Sometimes we'll make jokes about like hidden angels uh, or something like that, um, you know, or that that idea of of somebody getting lost in the service because you're so focused on program starting on time or you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, Direction of it, yeah, that we forget. We're we're so trying to take advantage of the opportunity that we don't take advantage of an opportunity, <laughs> right? Because we're so tightly wound, trying to put on a good worship yeah let's say performance but i don't want to even use that word but right because you're afraid you're afraid where i'm afraid to use that word yeah uh, because that's that's we're so we want to be anchored to allowing god to kind of use us and to do that yeah and that's that's a really good point that's something that um uh our next my next question that i kind of thought about is like what are some of the things that people don't think about the holidays that as a minister you have to Uh, and for me i don't know what that sound is behind me um, for me, that's one of those things uh, that you have to really think about is, is remembering to be anchored. And yeah. my wife does an amazing job at this because I will be so focused on, Hey, I've got to get to Bible class. I got to do this. I got to do this. That sometimes she's like, Hey, you just need to slow down and breathe and remember that like 90% of your job is relationship. You know, and building those relationships and communicating and talking uh, to people. And so if I have to stop and uh, because a teenager is wanting to tell me about something that's really important to them, I'm going to stop and uh, I'm going to I'm going to talk to them a little bit. I'm not going to be disrespectful to everybody else who's who's waiting. Um, But at the same time, like I need to slow down uh, and remember that you're going to relax a little bit and remember the minister and not get caught up. That's right. 
and all that. Yeah. I would say back to the pressure part of it and like what ministers have to deal with. Um, yeah, I feel like holiday times, especially Christmas and Easter or even Mother's Day, whatever else we want to consider when people get to travel or have the freedom to travel to go see family or maybe they have family coming into town because we've had that too. We actually had family come visit this past Sunday. It's not like a, hey, just get the house ready and enjoy it. It's like a, is that pots and pans? It's a cat stuck in a box. Okay. <laughs> I thought somebody was banging pots and pans around. I thought it was Sam, but it's legitimately my cat in a box <laughs> running around. Well, but yeah, so Saturday night, like we had family coming into town Sunday, and I spent four hours going over my sermon. I changed a bunch of stuff. It was too late to print, so I, I took like one page out and I hand wrote my new part of it. Uh, and so there's there's kind of that pressure of like there will be a lot of people here. So I yeah. can't they, like I got to be like on top of things with the sermon. So I do feel that extra bit of anxiety preparing the sermon and building up to it. Like Sunday morning, I told the story about meeting Jim Morris and that not going so well. Uh, I knew that I was going to tell that uh, story because it's funny on Easter for like eight months. Like I, I had it stored away in my notes and I was like, I'm going to save that one for Easter. So there is a lot of uh, thought that go, and at least for me, it's like, I'm kind of thinking about it far in advance. And if there is a, a really good story or illustration, like I may save that for one of our bigger Sundays. Yeah. So the extra pressure yeah. can be good or bad. I think. The other thing I, I really wrestle with is, um, you know, I have an obligation to my family as well. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, for, you know, it's easy to say, well, uh, my job is really important. What I do is really important. And so I know it's Easter. And I know you guys are going to be home. And you're going to be celebrating. You're going to do this when you wake up. But dad's got to go to the church. Uh, and particularly when your kids are younger, um, you know, you don't necessarily realize the, the, the implication that that gives to your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, church took my dad away. I never got to do this with dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and like on Sunday mornings, um, I, I get to the church early. Part of my routine is, I mean, I leave my house about 545 or 6 o'clock. Um, I get right, to the yeah. church I always I say that around six fifteen or six thirty because for me to be in the right mind, I have to have that time to really yeah. to prepare myself. Um, and and I pray over you know the auditorium, which my elders think I'm crazy for. They're like, why are you playing over a room? It's like, well, I'm praying over a room that's going to be filled with people, and I pray for the people that will come through here, and I pray over our children's classroom. Uh, be, not because it's special or anything, but because it puts me in the right frame of mind. Um, because I do so many other things throughout the week. My Saturdays are usually full with um, basketball or baseball or football and officiating and kids' activities. And so Sunday morning, it's just my way of centering myself. Um, and then Easter comes along and my human mind says, you really have to do that this day because it's really special. And so it wants to take me away from my family. Um, but what does it tell my family if I abandon them in this special moment and don't share this moment with them um, for the sake of what, what I'm going to do otherwise? 
And so that's been, it's been freeing for me to allow myself to say, you know what, I'm not going to go in early. I'm going to spend this morning with my family, which means I might have to do more on Saturday night than I usually would. And I might be a little more absent in this moment. Um, but on Sunday morning, when we wake up, we're going to wake up together. We're going to eat together. We're going to have, we're going to share this time together. It's not going to be my kids and my wife because daddy had to go hmm. do this. Um, and that's just because both, both of those obligations have um, great importance, right? And so it, it's a really, really hard balance to carry. Um, yeah. As I think as ministers, especially because they have to the church as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that's maybe something that I did not appreciate fully um, until I was kind of brought into this work. So, yeah. And thanks for sharing that. That's a good reminder for me. Also, uh, I think about because I'm, I'm not an early morning person, but I am a Saturday night like that's my big review. I'll do one more final review Sunday morning and prayer time. But I always say to people like my family doesn't they don't ever get to do anything cool on Saturday nights because I got to be home and I got to review. So I've been trying mm -hmm. to be more uh, to adapt a little bit to be a little more flexible. Like if I need to do some review on Saturday morning so we can go do something fun Saturday evening. Uh I don't know. It's uh, it does affect your family, and I I'm trying to adjust. And I'm glad to hear you say what you just said about making your family priority and adjusting our schedule so that it's not just the kids and their mom and I'm gone because I'm right. getting all ready for for Easter. But there is that that pressure that we do have to be ready, and so it's not we don't get to just kick back and enjoy like a lot of people might. And that's okay. It comes with the territory. Yeah, we yeah and I just had to. I just had to be okay with just telling myself, hey, you know what? Um, I have prepared. I've done my work throughout the week. Um, and even if I don't necessarily feel as prepared as I normally am, the spirit of God is still going to show up as long as yeah. I'm available. And it, mm -hmm. it allows me to just allow that, allow His power to work in a way where I'm not as confident in my own preparation. Mm, yeah, you know, and and it's that's a hard. hard. It's a it's a hard thing to get okay with. You know? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's hard when we have to get over ourselves and allow God uh, to kind of work through us. <laughs> let me be. Let me be the the jerk who says it that way, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Uh, that's that's what I'm good at. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, it's always hard. Ministry is always so difficult when you have to balance your responsibilities and things that are important to other people and to yourself and balance, like having a healthy, a healthy, good relationship with your family and being yeah. a father, you know, that it is very, it's difficult and it's hard to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, that's part of the stuff that, that we like to talk about on the show is, is, and we're not complaining about it because everybody in this podcast right now chose to go into ministry. Um, there was no wool over our eyes. Like we knew that holidays, we were, we were going to be working most holidays. We knew that Fridays and Saturdays, we we're going to be busy, you know, with personal stuff, but also probably with some ministry stuff, you know, um, it's, I, I always chuckle. I always chuckle when we talk about days off and things like that. And people are like, well, but don't you have Friday and Saturday off? <laughs> and then you always laugh and you're like, yeah, but when are most youth events? 
oh, well, Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then like, oh, well, you know, you just take Monday off. And I was like, well, why would I take Monday off? Like, I'm going to meet with the, one, my other staff members, and two, we need to talk about what everybody talked about on Sunday, you know, because we're all talking to different people, so it's a good catch-up day. Mm-hmm. And by the time Tuesday comes around, it's like, well, I'm already, like, doing stuff, you know, then Wednesday night church, and then, so it's like, you know, it'll happen when it kind of happens. It's easy to get burnt out. It's easy to, and holidays can do that to us. You know, <coughs> you have a big holiday coming up, so you want to get everything prepped and ready. Um, but then we can't sacrifice, you know, that time that we have with our family as well. And especially creating those healthy and good family traditions uh, that we get to have. Because as much as it's my job to minister to, you know, the teens of the Pine Tree Church, um, God specifically calls me uh, to be a father and uh, to be a Christian uh, and to minister to my son. And he, and Jesus specifically calls me, you know, to minister to my wife uh, and to serve her. Uh, And so, you know, those, so it's like, I have my calling to ministry, but there's also like a direct call, you know, to, to serve my wife and to serve my family. Uh, and to be that. And so, I mean, to balance that and to really do that faithfully, do them both faithfully, um, is, is pretty powerful. Um, yeah. so and everything is enmeshed. I mean, so, their, their social life, their friends are mixed in with where you go to work. Yeah. So it's a, it's a tender thing to try to balance and not get too caught up in the whirlwind and let it affect your home life. But I'm glad that uh, it looks like we were kind of ending on that. I think that's good. Family. Well, it's good for me to hear both of y'all talk about that. We are, but I'm about ready to pull the carpet from underneath your feet, Jody, because yeah. we have a thing on the show <laughs> called the behind the beards moment. Mm-hmm. And it is where um, somebody and uh, we talk about the what's the behind the beard moment. So you think about our topic, which is uh, holidays and churches and serving as a minister on a holiday. What is something that a non-minister elder deacon that they would never have thought about that they need to know about ministers and holidays. Hmm. Maybe we've said it or maybe we haven't, but what is, <laughs> what is something that we can reveal to them? Uh, what do you, what do you kind of think? Uh, well, I feel like we've said a lot of it, but we have the, you know, I, and I mentioned this earlier, but when people have Christmas, Christmas mm. is a bigger traveling holiday probably than Easter. Sure. They have the freedom to go whenever they want or if they want it, if they decide to go see their parents or their siblings, they can do it. I mean, and I'm not I'm not saying this is a complaint, but there's no option. I'm not going to take off Easter or Christmas. Those are big days. I'm most right. yeah. preaching on those days. So if Christmas day falls on a Sunday, like it's going to be hard to be fully present with my kids on Christmas Eve. Cause I'll be thinking about preaching the next morning. So it's not that we're not free, but it's hard to take vacation time on big holidays like that. Cause you need to be here. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's good. Reminder if, uh, if you're an elder deacon or somebody else, like I think that's a feel for us. We don't have the freedom to just hop up and, and go and be off. I think that was like probably the best behind the beards moment we've had uh, in a while. That's pretty good. Josh, you look like you're chewing on something. 
No, I was just going to say, if, if you're, uh, you know, in a church and you're there, um, I'd say give your, uh, give your ministers and ministry leaders the, the freedom to do that, um, to, to just be aware of that, uh, that difficult balance that we've been talking about um, and make sure that you provide yeah. an opportunity for them to say, hey, how, how is your family, your Easter with your family? How was your holiday with your family? What are you doing mm -hmm. with your family this day? Mm -hmm. um, and if the answer comes back, like, well, man, I've got this and this and this with the church. Then if you're a church member with someone in a position of leadership that has that mentality, be the one that goes to them and says, hey, that's going to be okay. Make sure, make sure you spend time with your family because you deserve that. Um, and you have responsibility to them as well, because sometimes we need to be reminded. Mm -hmm. of, of how heavy that responsibility is to our own families. Because the truth is, if our families aren't functioning or if our families feel abandoned, we are not going to be in a position to serve that church for very long. Yeah. And we're rarely going to be in a position to serve it effectively. So, That's true. Um, hmm. and, and sometimes we need those people to come and say, hey, don't forget, uh, this is important also. And it's important for us that your family continues to be um, uh, engaged here in the church. So uh, we need that encouragement. Amen. You got anything else, Aaron? That's it. Well, guys, um, we close off this way uh, every week. We are so glad you're here. We're glad you've chosen to, to join us and be with us, whether that is here live or after the fact. Um, and as always, we want to remind you of Galatians chapter 6, 9. Um, do not grow weary, grow weary in doing good. It is so easy to just get um, tired of doing good in a world that seems to refuse to do good in return. Um, but don't grow weary in doing good. Uh, go out today, do something good, do something good in the name of Christ um, and find those opportunities to show his love and his grace and his mercy. Um, I'm Josh. This is Aaron and Jody. Until next week, we sign off. Bye-bye. Till we're all growing a beard A man's face should never be bare We just want some facial hair We're anticipating, yeah, everyone's waiting for a beard